Welcome to Home Group Heads Up, a podcast brought to you by Calvary Bible Church, equipping the home group leaders for the conversation coming this next week. With your hosts, Pastor Jay and Director of Adult Ministries, Perry Marshall. Hey, Jay. How's it going, Perry? It's going great. It's going great. Good. Hey, we're going to jump in today with the topic of 1 Thessalonians. We are starting a new series here at Calvary, a Mark It Up series. Perry, have you been here for a true Mark It Up series? I have not. However, I should qualify that a little bit. Um, I was a visitor to Calvary Bible Church every so often before I worked here, and I have been in the room when we've done a Mark It Up series in the past just by accident. So for the home group leaders, a Mark It Up series is a historical uh, series that we do at Calvary from time to time, and we really slow down through a book of the Bible, walk through it, exegetically, which is a big word. What does that word mean, Perry? Mm, I don't know. It's not, doesn't sound English. No, just kidding. It means, um, it's a compound word from the Greek. It just means you're drawing the knowledge out of the text, directly out of the text. So you're given the, you're given the text, um, the priority, which we try to do regardless of, of how we're preaching. We try to be exegetical in what we're doing. We're drawing the knowledge from or out of the text. Um, However, in this series, we will be digging in a little more um, detailed and a little more nerdy, in a nerdy way, into the text. Um, So we'll focus more on the words on the page um, in a way that maybe is a little bit different than how we have in the past. Yeah, and so a Market Up series, we call it Market Up because actually your preachers, your online communicator are going to have you actually mark up your text. Yeah, what time. if I'm what if I'm really nervous though about writing in my Bible? What do I do? Well, the first thing is buy more than one Bible. <laughs> <laughs> but the second thing is we also are providing ESV journals of First Thessalonians. ESV did a great thing a few years ago. They put the text on the left hand side and put blank spaces on the right hand side of these volumes, copious volumes of the Bible. Copious. That's another word I'll have to look up. Yeah. Well, and in this this case, you get a bonus because you don't only get just first Thessalonians, you even get second, second Thessalonians Th- thrown in. Yes. Yeah, so it's a really great way to document your learnings from the text. Now, historically also, I think Bible purchasing should happen every few years where you should be able to mark up your Bible, put things on the page that help you remind you point your heart towards the deep truths of God over and over again as you circle and underline and highlight your way through the Bible uh, over years. You think so? Yeah, I definitely do. I think it's really cool actually to go back and to see passages that you've marked up uh, in the past. It's cool. Charles Spurgeon had a famous quote one time. It says, I can tell you a man who um, his life is either messed up or his Bible is messed up, and there's a difference between the two men. Uh-huh. And the quote is basically those who destroy Bibles in the sense of writing in them, turning the pages over and over again, have a better chance of a greater life than those who don't do that. Spurgeon. Spurgeon. Yeah. The Spurge. Okay, so we're in First Thessalonians, and we want to g- give you the equipped of what's going on. And so... This week in the preach, they're going to be talking about 1 Thessalonians 1, 1 through 3. three. Yeah. Okay. So um, that's a very short text, but I know some of the major highlights you're going to be pondering, um, talking to those guys 
And one of them is that there are three names named early on in First Thessalonians 1. Perry, can you name those names? I can. I have it right in front of me. Paul, Sylvanus, and Timothy. Sylvanus um, might be unfamiliar, but we also know that character by the name Silas. So Paul, Silas, and Timothy, three guys. Yeah, so in the Greek culture, many times that might get confusing to us as Americans, but the Greek is translated, their official name might be hyphenated type stuff, right? Is that how that works with Silas? Yeah, they're just, there are different spellings. Um, it was common, you know, even going back to the more familiar case of Saul and Paul, it was sometimes common for somebody to have more than one name. They would have a um, a name that they were known by in one crowd and a name that they're known by in another crowd. And um, it's, you know, in our in our day and age too, it's not entirely foreign for us to have that kind of a thing too, where somebody might have a nickname or they might have a shortened name that people know them by. And yet they have a more formal name as well that maybe another crowd of people knows them by. Yeah. So you would call president, let's take just the historical president of the last four years before president Biden is hey president Trump or in his family, he might be known as Donald or Donald J if he, his nephew or those type of things. So it's not unfamiliar to us. Right. Okay, so we have Paul, Silas, and Timothy, and the point there is that there's a historical account of Paul being the mentor to Silas and Timothy. We have some other books in the Bible written to those individuals or have those individuals' names in them, and we know their story. And they, Paul was a great mentor to those gentlemen. And another point is also that these documents that we read are historical and the fact that they actually have people names and places attached to them. right and there's a really a cool thing in the background for first thessalonians because if you go to acts chapter 17 and 18 you'll see some of the background of what's going on um, just to refresh your mind if you were here for the Acts series we did not long ago this will be probably more familiar to you but you see the account of when Paul travels to Thessalonica and what happens there. And it's, it's a pretty grim picture of um, just the realities of Paul's ministry because he is chased out of town. And so a lot of the letter that we see in First Thessalonians is spent on talking um, about his experience in Thessalonica. But there's a cool thing, too, in chapter 18 of um, Acts, Paul goes to Corinth and there's this part where it just seems kind of like a throwaway line, but it talks about who's in charge of the area in verse 12. It says, but when Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews made a united attack, attack on Paul and brought him before the tri tribunal. Well, we know from an inscription that's been found in a city that Gallio was the proconsul of Achaia in AD 51 and 52. So we can actually date what's going on in this letter of First Thessalonians to that same time period. So Paul wrote this letter around AD 51 and 52. It's just a good reminder to us, not necessarily only of just the date that Paul wrote it, but the fact that this is like real historical stuff going on in front of us. We aren't just reading something that's been made up or contrived, but this is something that happened historically, and we can actually point back to it because of an inscription that has been uncovered. Yeah, that's a really good point, Perry, and I really appreciate your thoughtfulness as we talk about that. Also, um, let's do this. And what is one thing we could give a heads up on 
with our home group leaders as we think about this coming conversation happening in First Thessalonians. I think one of the great values that we can see here um, when we look at Paul's letters or any of the New Testament letters is that these are letters written in opposition. They're written in a context of struggle, of trials, and yet you see the boldness that the early church operated with. Um, not perfectly, of course, but in general, they were bold in their faith in the face of opposition. That's something that we can definitely learn from and hopefully be encouraged by as we think about our own day and maybe opposition that we either face or we can anticipate facing. We should be able to look to these letters and draw strength from them as an example to us of what it looks like to be faithful in the face of opposition. Oh, man, what a great reminder. I don't know about you, but that just speaks to my own heart and where I'm finding myself in today's culture about where uh, my faith is and how it is in just the local community of believers that exist in my own home group and then Calvary at large Yeah, is that we've got to stay faithful. Amen. All right, so that's a little heads up, home group leaders. Also, some news and notes. Um, this next weekend is baptism weekend, so make sure if you have those who are ready to get baptized, those dots are connected with your respective campuses. Also know that starting point is coming at the end of this month, so those new to Calvary can get there. And then membership. I know this might be even more important in a home group setting. Those who have been around Calvary for a long time but haven't stepped into partnering with us in the gospel in a very formal setting. Membership is happening this April. You can go to calvarybible.com to connect those dots there because you are the people, the hands and feet, who are connecting those believers to the local church. Perry, anything else? No, I think that's it, Jay. Thanks. Let me close with this as I close in the weekly this week. In First Thessalonians 2, we give thanks to God always for you, all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and the labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That's all I'm going to say to that. Thanks for being home group leaders. Thanks for tuning in. We love you. We're praying for you. Continue to stay faithful, my friends.